Greetings and welcome back to the Ideas Podcast. I'm Daniel Lazar, the advisor to the John F. Kennedy School's Ideas Club. Joining me today is the managing editor of the Ideas Journal and the producer for the Ideas Podcast, Lily Walker. Lily, how you doing? I'm doing great. It's the end of the semester. You must be doing great and you sound great. Also enjoying the end of the semester with you is Jacob Reuter, the Director of Ideas. Hi, Jacob. Hi, Mr. Lazar. We have another special episode this week. If our last episode was special because at least one of us survived COVID and we got to take our maiden voyage as members of the Bear Radio Podcast Network, today is special. Well, I mean, no one else has COVID, so that's special. And we are thrilled to announce that we published a new installment of our beloved ideas journal, which explores challenges in national identifications. Now, I ought to mention here, since I am thinking about it, that Bear Radio hosts other shows that also grapple with national identification. Uh, One of these is Beyond Asian, Stories of the Third Culture. It's hosted by Senjan, Beyond Asian. It's like a place for stories, delivered by global nomads with, uh, we'll say, Asian roots, people who are brought up in and around diversity. And in this podcast, she explores their lives and their loves and their histories. And I can't recommend it enough. I don't know if you all have been listening, but if you haven't, you should. And we've got some global nomads here at the Ideas Pod. And it is, I suppose, in part because of their unique and nomadic backgrounds that our ideas team has created a really compelling journal here. So compelling, indeed, that we'll be talking about our journal for the next podcast episode or two, inviting contributing authors to dive into their submissions. But before we do, I want to get a sense from our esteemed editor-in-chief of the journal and regular podcast panelist, Lily Walker, what this journal is all about. So, Lily, can you just set the stage a bit? Like, talk about the most recent edition of the journal. Like, what, what we're trying to do here? Why did we focus on national identity? What was our goal? Like, do you feel like we hit the mark? If you could, I wouldn't mind hearing some of your thoughts about our survey. So, Lily, that's a mouthful of questions. Set the stage for us. Okay. I guess just circling back to the first question you asked, why did we talk about national identity? What is national identity to us? Like, the discussion that I had with Jacob and Hannah when we were talking about what topic we wanted to have this year's first Ideas Journal on, we, we were talking a lot about the election at that point, and we were all really stressed about it. And, you know, as German Americans or Americans in Germany, or I guess Jacob's just a German, we had these three different perspectives of multiculturalism and sort of a, a division in our, our feelings of identity and obligation and responsibility to our countries, because we were observing the actions of our own countries from so far away. And we thought, 
you know, a lot of people at our school are probably going through the same thing. They feel really connected to American culture in a weird way. I think because of that, our goal in publishing was to explore that kind of unique experience we all have in the 21st century, especially, you know, in the wake of Trump, but also as multicultural students at a school which really values that. We wanted to let people sort of explore what they thought about their own national identity, as well as what they thought, you know, national identity should mean to young people. And I think we did largely accomplish that very well. I found a lot of the pieces that we're publishing in this journal very compelling and very interesting. Where did we fall short is a hard question for me to answer, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I think, you know, there's always a deeper discussion to be had about Um, a lot of things. And I think we fell short in a lot of places, largely because we are a German and American school, which is actually something we'll be talking about later. We don't have all that much diversity in our school in terms of ethnicity, in terms of religion, or in terms of nationality, because it's almost entirely Germans and Americans attending. And so the closest we got to really a third culture Uh, representation is through people who are half German and half something else. So we never got a real outsider perspective on Germany or America, um, truly. And I think that could have been good for comparison, but alas, you know, that's not something our school has in its cards. Yeah, fair enough. The survey that you created, I hope you agree, is endlessly fascinating. What are your takeaways from the survey? There's also a lot to look at there. I mean, I think it was one of our longest surveys uh, so far. And, you know, we had really great response to it. We got something like 140 uh, students, you know, talking about their national identities, which we could, you know, use to, to assess the temperature of certain issues at our school. You know, I thought some of the most interesting parts were Uh, the disparities between whether people agreed about feeling American or feeling German, because that's a really nebulous thing, but it's nevertheless something that all of us go through all the time. And I thought, you know, some of the most interesting uh, means for comparison were were in those um, sort of contrasting, or actually parallel questions about the contrasting countries. I agree. I think those were some of the most riveting takeaways. And I hope that our listeners will make time to look at the survey data that you did such a splendid job of laying out and presenting in a way that our our readers can just, you know, take time with it. And I've, I've always felt like our surveys make for a valuable discussion piece. I think they raise more questions than they provide answers. And hopefully our listeners will become readers and then they could take it from there. So with that in mind, Lily, we're going to be talking about the journal on the podcast today and for the next week or two. We're going to talk about two pieces on this episode. What two pieces will we be discussing and why did we choose these two? We're going to be discussing first an article written by two ideas members who have been around for a long time and I consider, you know, extremely valuable members of the team. Lena Walker, no relation, 
but that might be confusing. It's Lena. I'm Lily. Um, <laughs> and then we have Johanna Tigges also contributed, but we're going to be speaking to Lena today about this article titled German versus American cultures, congruence or conflict, wherein they're looking at the differences between American and German political culture and national identity and assessing within our school, especially whether those two identities can harmonize or whether they are bound to cause crises in students. Splendid. And then what will we be discussing after we hear from Lena? We're going to be talking with Malka, our student council president and all around, you know, really valuable contributor to the JFKS conversation, especially on nationality. We are going to be discussing an article Malka wrote about multiculturalism at JFKS in which she looks at um, the difference between a multicultural school or an international school and a bicultural school and ultimately makes the argument that JFKS usually seeks to be a bicultural school and um, that sometimes weakens our conversation on multiculturalism. Awesome, Lily. Thank you so much for doing such a great job at setting the table for us. Take it away. Okay, so um, Lena, welcome to the pod. Thank you. Hi. So do you want to tell us real quick just what you felt like your main idea was going into this article and where you guys landed at the end about whether American and German cultures ultimately have congruence or conflict? Uh, sure. Me and Johanna, we both had two different viewpoints. I myself am German and American. And she is German, actually also Colombian, but uh, we weren't focusing on that too much for this article. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought it was so interesting um, looking at the school and just myself. It was a pretty hard question to answer. In the beginning, we were kind of saying that it doesn't conflict, but I think <laughs> writing it, we um, were kind of questioning it. I guess at the end, we kind of came to the conclusion that it doesn't necessarily have to conflict that they have, I mean, if you really look deep, it has very similar goals that the nationalities, they have um, really similar values and that in to achieve these values, we have, we often have different ways of, uh, <laughs> of going about it, but people see more differences. And if you look close that it's actually way more similar than we think. So, you know, tell me a little more about that, if you will, at our school specifically, because, you know, that's what we're talking about. That's the context of all these conversations. Do you think that there are real concrete differences between the Germans and Americans at our school? I think it's really hard to generalize since what can be said about others doesn't have to apply to everyone else, um, even if they have the same nationality. Uh, I think that Americans at our school tend to have more close circles that are exclusively American. And I think this is because the Americans have this in common that they're coming from a foreign country and they haven't had too much to do with Germany yet. And this is different from a lot of the Germans at our school because most Germans have a certain connection to America or to an English speaking country, mainly because speaking English is a requirement at our school. 
And I know this, and I know there are exceptions, mainly for the Germans that were brought into the school really early on so that they could learn the language quickly. But I would say most Germans have some kind of connection and therefore don't really experience quite that, that strangeness to the other, like that, that disconnect to the other country. So therefore I think that, I think uh, there's no obvious difference in behavior. So do you think that like, because of that, or maybe in spite of it, that a fusion of the two nationalities is like actually possible for us? And do you think that we've actually achieved that? Or is it just sort of a remote possibility? I think fusion is kind of the wrong word. I feel like just looking at the politics and culture and the history, um, comparing America and Germany, I think that you can't just put that together and kind of call it and say it could kind of become one. I think in that I think instead you should say like you can mix the nationalities among the students. And I do think that our school does a pretty good job at this. However, I think that they, there is a separation, especially when it, especially for the 11th and 12th graders, when we get into the different programs of diploma and abitur, because that pretty much is the divide between Americans and Germans. Not that they're, they're always separate, they're, um, especially outside of class, we, uh, we still mingle, but I do think that uh, there is a divide between Americans and Germans simply due to our uh, programs that we take a part of. So you think that, especially in the older grades, it's more of like a peaceful coexistence than a fusion. Would you say the same thing for the younger grades? I think in the younger grades, um, it's definitely more, it's definitely more mingling. I mean, you're being influenced by your neighbor, <laughs> you're the person sitting next to you. It's just being uh, with these people all day has a huge influence. And I think that's especially important when you're younger. And that's why it's good that when, when there is a divide between us, it is later in 11th and 12th grade. Most of us have already, already had the experience of being together in one class. So that's why I think that um, it's definitely good that we're all together before yeah. uh, high school. And I think it does make a big difference. So just yes or no, would you guys agree that there is a rift between um, Germans and Americans in our school? Yes. I don't know. If, if rift is implying conflict, I would probably disagree. You agree that there's a divide, but do you think that it's worth changing? Or do you think that it, it's good how it is? This divide only really starts when our classes are divided in high school. And I think there is no real conflict aside from the fact that we're physically separated. Mm -hmm. And that's just due to us wanting to study in different places and needing different kinds of certificates to get there. Right. So I think not only can you not really change it, but I don't think it's uh, such a pressing matter because I don't think that we're that divided based on our morals and our views. So then what I hear you saying is is that it's it's quite trivial of a divide here. And I'm just wondering, like Jacob, do you agree? Do you think that it's it's mostly a, a trivial difference or do you think that there actually are like deep cultural differences? We begin our school career at JFK sort of more intertwined. And then uh, as soon as high school hits, sort of the separation becomes more. I believe that as soon as that separation comes in 11th grade, 
it comes hard and fast. Like mm-hmm. the extent to which I've been distanced from my Abitua friends, I think is is quite remarkable. Um, and you know, there's there's a bunch of stuff that ties into it. Lena already mentioned some of them, but I think a cultural divide. I don't know if I would go that far. Um, mm-hmm. But there is a so- sort of tribalism to it. You know, there is yeah, there is I think a fundamental divide to just our everyday lives. The impression I get from you, Jacob, in having said that is you kind of wish that you had been allowed to, you know, connect more with your peers across the aisle in the Abitur program. So do you think that like our school could benefit from increased fusion of the German and American groups? Or do you think that that's something that we should just move on from as we get older? Well, I mean, it would be nice, of of course, um, but we have to look at it. Is it realistic? with such two very different diploma systems, there's going to always be a divide. And it's going to be very difficult for our school to sort of fuse those two those two groups together. However, I think it would be nice for the sake of, you know, experiencing that bicultural aspect of JFK that, you know, really makes the school great, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And Lena, what do you think you have, you know, personally gained from having this multicultural experience because as you said like you've been in germany for the longest time so you didn't really need to be at a at a multicultural school but i imagine you quite enjoyed it so what did you think you got from that that you wouldn't have gotten otherwise yeah i mean i of course would have had both american and german influences at home however i'm having being around so many people of course makes a difference than your parents It is so important to be exposed to more than one culture. It just gives you more perspectives. You're looking at events, historical and current, with at least two different perspectives. I for sure think I gained a lot, um, mainly perspective. Great. That sounds amazing. I'm sure that's why we're all, you know, in this school. So, you know, I'm glad to hear from both of you that you think it kind of worked out for you. Lena, it's been so great to have you on for this segment. We're going to have to shift topics about now, start talking about um, Malka's piece. But would you mind sticking around so you can give us a recommendation at the end of the show? Absolutely. Sounds great. Okay, so Malka, as I mentioned earlier, rather briefly, you wrote about multiculturalism at JFKS. But I think I sort of intentionally, as the editor made that title a little bit of a misrepresentation, which you refute in your article, because your argument mostly is, you know, defined by this one quote that I've pulled out that, quote, our school's obsession with nationality indicates a more general lack of multiculturalism. So, you know, on that note, what does multinationalism actually look like in our school at the moment? The original topic of my article was going to be multinationalism at JFKS, not multiculturalism. And I think that while I was writing it, I discovered I was writing about multiculturalism. And I think that immediate association is interesting and can be dangerous. Right. And I, in some ways, glaze over the connection of nationality and culture in the article. It's somewhat of a rabbit hole. I don't want to get too lost. But the... uh, I think that the quote still is correct as it stands, that the... Um, bi-nationalism that is essential and like central to I think JFKS identity and really to the mission of the school does lead 
to an exclusion of other cultures, which may not be intuitive at all because it's because biculturalism seems at first to include more than the standard being one culture, but this sort of emphasis actually leads to a reduction in our ability to include more diverse cultures. Taking into account uh, what you just mentioned, that our school essentially has a binational environment between Germany and America, why do you feel that our school should strive for a more multinational environment? Especially considering that our charter, sort of, our mission is to be a German-American community. So I don't know that I necessarily take a position on this in the article, although I would say that I am generally in favor of multiculturalism. And I actually looked up the JFK's mission, and it says fosters cultural and bilingual academic excellence and embraces international diversity. So there is actually an official stance by the school in favor of international diversity, but it is distinct from its goal of bicultural and binationalism. The school, in its mission for binationalism, already in some ways recognizes the value of multiple cultures, the value of multiple perspectives. I just think that the diversification and increase in pluralism of those cultures will further enrich school and students' experiences. And as of right now, the way we are celebrating our binationalism, in fact, leads to the exclusion of celebrating other cultures. Why do you think that we should be striving for more multinationalism? Diversifying will inevitably come at least to some extent at the expense of the sort of purely bi-national, bicultural aspect of our school. But I think that there can be an emphasis on two nationalities while at the same time making sure that we are learning about and really including more than just the two in our schools. So for example, we could continue to have both the Abitua and Diploma programs continue to be um, a German-American school, continue to have the language requirements we do now, while at the same time having a, increasing the amount of, for example, books from in other languages or learning about other cultures in, in our classrooms. So do you think there's a path where we could be binational but multicultural? You have very little chance of gaining entry into JFKS if you do not have either German or American citizenship. And that ver that bothers me. I think that this is somehow at the crux and is the most um, symbolic of what I call the obsession with national identity. And we're really excluding a significant portion of the Berlin population in this way. There are a huge number of immigrants and refugees in Germany and Berlin that simply can't attend JFKS because of their passport status. So that is one of the big things that I think is both unrealistic to, to expect, at least anytime soon, but one of the, I think, best things that we could do to change from bicultural to multicultural. 
Right. A lot of Berlin has an immigrant background. I think in your article you say it's up to like a third of everyone in Berlin comes from a immigrant background. You know, our upbringing in Berlin is also, I think, a pretty important part of, of our identity, our national identity, and also our sense of multiculturalism. And of course, the school does try to foster that, uh, you know, most notably with like its policy that you have to learn a third language um, for several years. Do you think that the school's policies like that to put multiculturalism in the curriculum are at least a pretty good step toward accepting, you know, multiculturalism? Or do you think that that's not doing enough? I didn't mean to say that our school isn't trying. Um, I think they do try in some ways. There's a question of degree, of course. Again, the mandatory language course is not, in fact, something our school implemented. It's law in Germany. And uh, although I will say that the addition of a Spanish course, um, and not just the French option, was an initiative by our school, and I commend them for that effort, and I think it's correct that um, they are not just about language, but about culture. Um, I took Spanish as well. And remember, an exchange to Madrid in which, of course, that kind of immersive experience was extraordinarily um, illuminating, and I gained a lot from it. Uh, and I think that the benefits of those courses really highlight how every single step in the direction of multiculturalism is one that's beneficial for us. Okay, Jacob, to close us off, just out of the blue, off the top of my head, could you think of maybe like, for example, a school club or organization that, that might be working toward uh, multiculturalism, which people could maybe get behind? I, I, I do think there's one. Uh, it's called the Idea Club. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. I don't know what they do, though. I hear their advisor is splendid, charming, and almost unnaturally good looking. And that's where I come in to say thank you all. It was a genuine pleasure to listen to you take a deep dive into some of these journal articles and to teach me a little bit about the way at least some students reflect in our school. And for your efforts, I'd like to offer each of you a chance to recommend to our audience something that speaks to the ideas mission, something they can get their hands on or lay their eyes on in the throes of this here pandemic. Come on, vaccine. So each of you, one at a time, will start with our guests. Lena Walker, what would you like to endorse in your inaugural effort on the Ideas podcast? So I recommend a YouTube channel that I love. It's called Jubilee. Uh, their mission is to bring in different perspectives and have them confront one another of, with talking about multitudes of topics uh, in order to stimulate conversation between opposing sides. Yeah. They do the middle ground thing, right? Yeah. It's and really good. the ones where they like vote people out. Is that the same? Yeah, that is one of their segments. Yeah. Yeah. I love those. Well, it sounds like there's a lot of enthusiasm for your endorsement already. Malka, what do you got? Okay. Um, I'd like to endorse an author from London Ngozi Adichie. She's a Nigerian writer whose most famous work is Americana, but she has several really cool books that also touch on 
nationalism on national identity and culture. Okay. Jacob? My endorsement this week is kind of a more silly one. It's also a YouTube channel. It's called The Epic Rap Battles of History. And if you're like a nerd in anything, then you need to be familiar with this YouTube channel. What they do is they basically take historical figures and set them against each other in it's super high production value. It's good music. And it's really, really funny. Lily, your endorsement, please. I am endorsing The Queen's Gambit, a show that I watched a couple weeks ago. I'm super in love with now. It's about a a girl who's an orphan but a prodigy at chess from a very young age and she strives to become a professional chess player and work her way up through the industry but she's facing a lot of adversity because no woman is at that time prominent in in chess or comparable to any of the men in their field and she's breaking all those barriers um and i think it's a really interesting and complex portrayal of of that kind of struggle she's going through as a chess player so i thought it was really really fun it was a total romp i'm lucky to have been ill enough in bed to have watched it i am going to selflessly i assure you make not one but two endorsements which is two more endorsements than i've ever made on this show the first is if you enjoy ideas and you want to hear more podcasts being produced here in Europe, please go check out Bear Radio. It's Berlin's premier English-speaking podcasting network, and they're a great community, and they are home to a number of incredible shows, one of which is ours. Also, I'd like to endorse the Ideas Journal. I am so proud of our team for putting this thing together for challenging themselves to grapple with vexing issues about national identifications at a time when these conversations are really toxic. It's clear to me that our journal is honest and earnest and sheds some really insightful light on the issue. Thank you all. This was an absolute delight. I appreciate your participation. Listeners, you could find us for now at jfksideas at wixsite.com to read our journals. As far as the podcasts are concerned, please subscribe, leave a review, and please, 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 if you respect and support what we're trying to do here, please share ideas with your people. Lily, Jacob, Lena, Malka, Thank you so much. Please take care. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.